0: I realized the way that AI fits into my life and I think into most people's life in its current iteration is that it's a multiplicative function. And so people think it's just gonna build houses by itself. That's not how it works. But if you find a way, if you find the data, so you have either you find the land or you have access to that land and you can put the right drill and analysis and framework over that land and then have a refinement net mechanism to then generate value for the business, like. It is, it's all systems go.
1: Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce Evolution Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And today we've got a returning guest. This man is a legend in the D2C space. He knows data, he knows brands, he knows good fashion. He knows how to wear a killer ball cap, killer hat. I wanna to talk to him about his hat game in just a minute for those that are watching the video. And so we're gonna talk about a couple of really big topics that I'm super excited about. We're gonna talk about customer journey and where things are broken in the D2C industry and some thoughts, maybe a thesis you should adopt on how to improve the customer journey. We're also going to talk about AI because, hey, everybody's talking about AI, right? But the the, the reason we're going to talk about AI is because um, there's maybe a new uh, or maybe a, a, some clarity we can bring to you that Raba can bring to you on that topic. And so my guest is Raba Rahil. We go way back. Uh, love this guy. He is now the CMO of Fermat. Which is a customer journey optimization platform that transforms clicks into conversions, which is a killer line. And I bet Rob I had something to do with that. So my man, Rob, how you doing? Welcome to the show. Brett, thank you so much. And that what what a man, I need you to Walk around with me all the time
0: for those kind of intros. I'm all pumped up, man. I, um, I think
1: I think in a, in another time, you know, if I was like a medieval times guy, I could be a herald. I think that's what they were called, right? They just walk around and talk like, just you know, here, yeah, here, here totally is Robert, Robert Ray Hill like, and he's the man. Anyway, what I think I could do that. I, be, I, I, I could, could. I could totally. I could totally. You could definitely pull <laughs> off the fit for sure. Oh, um, man, so great.
0: Obviously, uh, big fan of the show, second time, so achievement unlocked. Yeah, um, you can. Right just uh,
1: one of my one of my favorite humans to jam with. Sweet. And so I mean, I teed it up. So we can't leave people hanging. Uh, you're, you're wearing a killer hat. I think I've seen another maybe I saw maybe I saw Shaq, Nick Shaq wearing yeah. that hat too, but but carte blanche on the hat. Uh, Tell me the, yeah. the scoop on that. It's like an orange. It's just got it's got a real good vibe going here.
0: This is my orange heater. I have another one back there. Yeah, I just uh shout out Shaq. Yeah, he put me onto the brand and uh, I've just really loved what they've done. They're they're a little bit of a drop kind of vibe where they'll do drops and stuff like that. So there's a little bit of a scarcity vector. Um, and just Adam and Louie have been building uh it's kind of one of those. Uh, old jokes of like uh, you know ten years in the making of an overnight success type of thing. They've been grinding, 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 and now they're really seeing a lot of uh, awesomeness from um, just great product, great branding, great customer experience. Like um, yeah, so just I actually uh, just now uh, what was that? Yeah, Black Friday Cyber Monday made the first uh, actual apparel perch. So they're they're dipping into uh, apparel now as well. So yeah, super nice. super fun, nice. super
1: fun brand, great vibe, great experience carte Blanche, and I'm saying that right. I've heard, I've heard, yeah. I've heard, yeah, yeah. French. So, so, so check that out. Uh, not a sponsor of the show, but yeah. but doing cool things. And man, I tip my hat. No real pun intended there. To. <laughs> Anybody that can, that can, yeah, anyone can work in the apparel space, the hats. Be like, it's just so hard. It's so hard to nail fashion and to get people to wear your stuff. And so they're doing it, and that is pretty cool. So, yeah. um, we're gonna talk about customer journey in a minute. Really excited to dive into that. I'm a big fan of you know the way people shop and why they shop and how do we influence that and make that better. Let's talk AI. A little yeah. bit because uh, obviously this is not a new topic, but I think the real key is like, how are we going to use it and how do we make yeah. sense of this and how does this practically apply to our lives and to our businesses? Because I think still this is everybody's still figuring it out, right? Yep. Even like those that really know it still figuring it out. And so uh, I know for you, you kind of told me before we hit record, like you're uh, not anti-AI by any means, but just kind of like trying to figure it out. And you feel like you had a pretty good working thesis. Um, I was definitely in the same boat, like always watching and interested, but yeah. like how much am I using it? I feel like I'm a little bit behind the curve there. But kind of talk us through just a little bit of, of your AI perspective and then how you landed on this this thesis.
0: Yeah. So uh, we actually got to do a little uh, company hackathon, which is uh, super awesome. I highly recommend uh, it, it. And I, uh, there's a tweet on my feed um, in, in how we structured it, because I think it can probably go sideways pretty quickly, but ours went really well. And so this uh, kind of hackathon, the whole point was to figure out ways to leverage ChatGPT in, in the business. And so this got me to thinking like, okay, how like how am I thinking of AI? Because like you said, I, I wasn't necessarily bearing. I just haven't figured, like I hadn't figured out where it landed in the toolkit, what type of tool it was, et cetera. And so where I kind of ended up after pontificating a little bit landed on was uh, almost like an analogy to an in, in oil company. So the first thing you need is the data. And so the data being the land. So you need to find the land that's rich in resources or the the ocean spot that's rich in resources. And then the second stage is the actual analysis or framework. And that's, that's again, analogous to whether you're using like a little drill, whether you're using fracking, deep sea, like how are you going to extract that value from the actual land? And then the third phase for me is kind of this refinement, like, okay, now that I have this crude value and resource, how do I refine it into actual gasoline or petrol to put it in the engine of my business to make impact? And um, yeah, and what was really interesting is it, it kind of lines up as well, if you think of that as well, in terms of a value chain, right? So like, do I own the land? What is the frameworks or analysis or the drills that I can put on this land? And then do I have the ability to refine it to make business impact? And if you think back in like, so I'm old, but like back in in the day when they found all this oil in Saudi Arabia, like Saudi Arabia just had the land. They didn't have the actual way right. to get the oil out of the land, out of the ground. And they didn't have the ability to refine that oil. And so you can think of yourself as kind of like, if you're a company, you're sitting on all this data, but like, how do I extract it? And so what I've been really interested in is, I think a lot of The AI hype was actually a head fake and pretty uh, deteriorative to a lot of companies value because it just did it like people were just shiny object syndrome. I need to have AI. I need to have AI. However, and so with that, I think there's a lot of um, I don't mean this in a derogatory way, just an is where I think there's just a lot of features masquerading as businesses right now. Yeah. So I think one of two things are going to happen. One, you're going to get, those people are going to get rolled up into. So like HubSpot just bought Clearbit. I think you're going to see kind of a rolling up of these features masquerading as businesses. Yep. Or you're going to see the businesses that have the land and the extraction tools actually use AI as the refinement mechanism. And so a perfect example of this um, for people that don't know, there's a really awesome, it's very expensive, but super awesome called Gong. And basically your sales team is taking calls, blah, blah, blah. And Gong is internal analyzing all this data and using AI to surface either win rates or how much did one person talk than the other? What are like, it's almost grading calls. And so our VP of sales is actually now running our pipeline meetings from Gong, not Salesforce. Not to say Salesforce will ever get abstracted away. Salesforce is kind of that the, the VCs love the term of system of record. Super, super important, super valuable. But Gong is actually abstracting away Salesforce in that sense of we don't have to be in Salesforce anymore. Our VP of sales is running the whole thing from so cool. Gong, um, so cool. which I, I find just absolutely incredible. Another one, um, which we're actually using right now, Riverside, where Riverside wow. has all this data because you're recording in it. And now you get AI notes, you get chapter notes, you get AI clips, you get all these things that now it's becoming not only this refinement mechanism, where it's not only extracting the data from me, but now it's refining it. So now I can have all these little magic clips. I can edit the podcast in ways that is just super easy. And so the too long didn't read for me was I realized the way that AI fits into my life and I think into most people's life in its current iteration is that it's a multiplicative function. And so Mm -hmm. people think it's just going to build houses by itself. That's not how it works. But... If you find a way, if you find the data, so you have either you find the land or you have access to that land and you can put the right drill and analysis and framework over that land and then have a refinement mechanism to then generate value for the business, like it is, it's all systems go. And I've just been like, when you find those prompts and those things, like it can be like a religious experience where you're like, holy crap, that is that is absolutely insane. But I don't think it replaces people. The person yes. that's going to get replaced is going to get replaced by somebody that uses AI, not by AI.
1: Yeah, I really like that. Um, and, and well said. I love that. Love that analogy of, of drilling for oil. And I think, you know, a lot of times we start with what what can ai do for me and that's not a bad place to start because then you can work sure. backwards but, but then i think we don't work backwards sometimes right and so yep. so thinking about each of those steps okay i would really love for ai to do this or what can ai do for me but then we got to understand okay well where do i have data and and what do i need to to analyze and things like that yep. and and so uh yeah really powerful and um you know for me like i've just been experimenting with it more and and finding even simple things i love i love that gong example i'm gonna check that out that's that's pretty that's pretty crazy gong but I think even just looking like we're we're I'm leading our sales group through the book Pitch Anything by yep. um, uh, Oren Claff and really really great book and so even looking at like instead I took good notes on the book but but just querying chat GPT. I'm like, hey, what were the what were the points on this? Or what were the two chemicals in the brain that he talks about that are triggered that need to be triggered in a good sales process? And it's like, it knows it and it spits it back out. And it's like, okay, cool. It's like my assistant right now is I'm, I'm working on these notes. And of course it's my ideas uh, in terms of where I want it to go. And it's Orrin you book, but, but chat GPT is kind of pulling things together, which is, which is pretty sweet. So super spot on. Any insights from the hackathon? Like what, what came out of that? And, and how did that work? So when I hear hackathon, I think the movie, The Social Network, you know, where yeah. they're like doing doing shots and staying up until 4 a.m. or all night, you know? Uh, (laughs)
0: <laughs> Not that ragey. Uh, you got to remember I'm old now, maybe in my younger years. Um, yeah, exactly. But yeah, so ultimately we had uh, a few people or a few hubs. So we had San Francisco where we're headquartered. Uh, people came to Austin. We had an Austin hub. We had an LA hub. We had a uh, East Coast hub in New York. And then we had a India hub where uh, we have a lot of uh, dev. So our VP of engineering and product is in um, the States and we have a few core engineers, but we're building out a pretty big engineering team in India. And then everybody would basically, Uh, pitch their idea? What's going to be the business impact? What's going to be the thesis? How did it work? Show it off. And then um, what are the next steps for it? And so we originally, because this was where the thesis came from, where it's like, we have all of our clients in a Slack channel, and then we have all of our sales calls and gong. Like, How could we extract this data and then run whether it's a sentiment analysis or stuff? And so we ran into some headwinds in terms of some data extraction and stuff like that. So then we ended up pivoting into um, an ad coherence score. And so what you can do is we built something and we can drop it actually in the show notes uh it, it's uh on the chat gpt store but ultimately you just upload a screenshot of the ad and then you upload a screenshot of the post click experience and then it'll just add analyze the the coherence uh score be- nice. just based on six or seven different factors it'll give you a coherence score on top of it'll tell you um you know a few things to improve here or there and something like that so that's kind of where we landed where it was it was actually pretty awesome and again the when using the AI in a way that's very direct and meaningful, it becomes again that multiplicative function where it's like, man this is actually a really awesome like deliverable that you could take to either a client or a prospect saying, hey I looked at a few of your ads, the coherent score isn't really high, that could be hurting your performance if this isn't on purpose etc, um, etc. Cetera, et cetera. And so one of the ads actually we did was uh, a favorite, uh, so Sean Frank over at Ridge, huge, yeah. huge fans of the Ridge guys. Shout out, shout out to um, Sean
1: Frank and the crew yeah. he, he is like my favorite follow on Twitter also he's, about to record an episode with him so oh, i'm so
0: jealous he's a legend he's in <laughs> austin he won't ever hang out with me sean if you're in this hang out with me um they have he actually just launched luggage too he's the he's the yeah. consummate uh entrepreneur man he really no gets doubt. he really gets no it doubt. um but they had a, a really beautiful twitter ad with the miami dolphins uh ridge so they did an nfl collection but when you click on it it goes to the whole NFL collection, which is a gorgeous page. Don't get me wrong. Beautiful. There's no notes on the page. But my thesis was like, if that wasn't on purpose, because there's definitely a, a reason, like maybe you have this showcase team and I oh you have NFL wallets and then I go and I have it. But I wonder how much better it would convert if you went from a Miami Dolphins ad to an actual Miami Dolphins homepage where it has the wallet front and center, maybe some upsells around that wallet that are uh, peripherally related to the Miami Dolphins, et cetera. And so that was kind of the, the thesis around um, the coherent score because we we think of the customer journey essentially in three parts where you have the the content or the creative or the ad. You have the post-click experience and you have the offer. And those are kind of the three three pieces of anatomy, if you will, of the customer journey. And sometimes you can have an incredible ad, but it just doesn't get a ton of support from the post-click experience because it's a, a PDP maybe, or it's um, you're sending them to the homepage. And so yep. there can be either a disjointed experience or you just don't have the continuation in the storytelling. And at Best, you know the the augmentation of the said storytelling where you got somebody to the party but now there's nickelback playing the beer's flat the people aren't as attractive as you were hoping like and it, it becomes this very uh, mismatched kind of expectation to reality.
1: Love that, Nick. Is your landing page the equivalent of a party playing Nickelback? <laughs> exactly. By the way, I, I, this is this is a quick side note. We won't dwell here long. But why is Nickelback so hated? I don't, I don't actually know many Nickelback songs, but it's like one of those things where you hear like a couple of riffs, and you are like, I mean, that's not that terrible. man, everybody loves to hate on Nickelback. So, yeah. any idea like where did it, where did this vitriol to, towards Nickelback come from?
0: It, it bubbled up in the zeitgeist because they just kind of became like a, a bit of a cliche, and they were very. um like they almost hit the pop music too on the nose where you're just like okay. i don't like it <laughs> like i don't like it because you're a musician i like it because you're using like these like psychological and like mm. biological kind of rhythms so maybe they're like,
1: like they're they're drifting away from the art and like it, the passion they're just like following a formula or something It's a
0: perfect almost like uh, analog to what we're talking about with the AI where it doesn't they, like it just didn't feel like they had character or passion or they weren't an artist. It was like a yeah. Milli Vanilli, but they actually made their music. <laughs> Nobody, will, no, the kids won't get that reference. It's, but it's so right good, Milli Vanilli, it. man. I, yeah. I was,
1: I was, I was a kid, um, but I was around in the Milli Vanilli age banging. when it, They had some when bangers. When it came to light, man, they had some bangers. Yeah, blame it on the rain. Come on, <laughs> like yeah. look, look that up yeah. on YouTube. That that still speaks. But, but they didn't yeah. sing it. They just. Yep. Like, Somebody else so did. I, I think that for me is where, it, uh, especially in music,
0: when you have insincere artists, it feels yeah. uh, it, it's hard to get get
1: behind them. Dude, that's such a good example, and I and I honestly didn't know, like I didn't know enough or care enough to like research it. But I was like, why did why does everybody hate Nickelback? Is it just, just funny to hate on Nickelback? But that well, totally I think that sense. definitely
0: did happen. Uh, the, yeah. the impetus was I think the insincerity, and then and then they just became a mean, very very similar to like Greed when you have a little bit of the 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 cringe of the lead singers yeah. and stuff like
1: yeah. that. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Okay, cool. So uh, yeah, which leads us to some interesting kind of side notes on AI. And you yeah. know, we're talking about this before we hit record. If we're going to lean into AI a little bit more, there almost yeah. has to be like a, a, some renewed social contracts, so to speak, yeah. right? Or some agreements we make if yeah. we know that now AI is powering some of the things we do. So you want to kind of lay that out, what your thoughts are there, and then lay out that that specific scenario?
0: Yeah. So this is one I haven't yet landed on. Like I've landed on the problem space, but I have yet to suss it out because I can make compelling arguments on both sides. Um, So ultimately, the too long didn't read is one of the use cases I was thinking of. So I went to school for economics and economics. There's a term called utility. You can just think of it like positive outcome of the thing. Which is a catch-all phrase, and so if you were writing a poem to your partner, and the goal of that poem was to incite as much happiness and joy and love and excitement from these words, but you suck at writing poems, but you put a bunch of effort into it, but it still sucks, and you give it to your partner, and your partner's like, "Oh, awesome! This is really bumbly, blah 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 blah." But you put a bunch of effort into it. Thank you so much for you know doing this. However, you could put. The same amount of effort. So like, again, economists love to say all things being equal. So all things being equal, you put the same amount of effort into that because you know exactly what um, your partner likes, you know, when you first met, you know, your anniversary, you know, their heritage, you know, their favorite song. And you you feed all these really meaningful data points that you have collected using effort and thought and things of that nature into ChatGPT. And then ChatGPT writes you this absolutely just tear jerking, emotional meltdown style poem that you then give to your partner and they love you, they hug you, they kiss you, blah, blah, blah. But then you tell them that that was quote unquote written or augmented by ChatGPT. That would instantly take away from that feeling. And so I think there's just some things that need to happen in terms of the renegotiation of kind of, again, those social contracts. Because the two ways I see it, one, you don't pay people for, or the, the top paid people don't get paid for essentially like, output, they essentially get paid for the things they know that can generate said output. And so it's not, you don't compensate people at the highest level for time, you compensate them for output. And that output could take them a minute, you know what I mean? Because they have all this previous knowledge. Um, Whereas people that are on the lower end of the skill set or at a different part of their career, you're going to compensate them on time. And so that's the dichotomy where at what point there's also uh, a, a really good uh, Greek mythology fable of Theseus' ship and so at what point is it not that ship anymore but it is in thought but not in actual resources and stuff and so that's where I'm landing where it's I, I don't know because at the yeah. same time like if you even flip it to a business context right like if you came to me and you're like hey I have Brett Curry's awesome store and we sell these incredible gummies Raba. I want you to create an annual plan for me I want you to do all this stuff and I use chat GPT to create this incredible annual plan. I'm putting the nuance in it. I'm doing this. And then I give it to you and you're paying me $20,000 for it. And I'm like, oh, but I actually, I created it in AI. And that, like, you would instantly be pissed off even I'm though totally that pissed. was
1: I'm totally pissed. I want to refund it. Right, yeah, even
0: though yeah. agnostic of the outcome,
1: right? Right which, is, right. which is
0: bananas because you should be indexed on the outcome, not necessarily the way you get there. And so it, it feels a bit like magic. I don't know if anybody's ever, any of your listeners ever done magic, but the worst thing you can do is reveal the trick.
1: Absolutely. Then, like, oh, no. Dude, that's then, it? then you feel, oh, that's all. And then, then you feel gypped. Yeah. Then it's no totally longer fun. That's such a, such a good example. So, yeah.
0: So yeah. I don't, I don't know where it lands, but you said something really interesting as well, where it's almost that like almost every person that's written a book has an editor. Yeah. So at what point does the editor take? ownership of, does that make sense? Like totally makes if, the sense. Ed, yeah, if, yeah. if there's more than 51% of edits, does that editor now become the author or, right, right. and so yeah. it just gets into these very interesting quagmires intellectually yeah. that um, candidly, I just, I don't have the answer to, but I find uh, very invigorating to talk about because they are so complex, but simple.
1: It's super interesting. And It's something that we're gonna have to figure out as we go. But I, I love that example of, of the poem for your significant other because what's more emotional, or, or, or you know, what has kind of kind of strikes that chord. And you know, there, there may be some people that are like, "Hey, you put in a ton of effort to this, and yes, you get a little help from ChatGPT. So I'm just I'm thrilled you remembered our anniversary and you remember where we met and you remember all these details. Like that's enough for me. Other people are gonna be like, "Ew, like AI. It's, should I should I fall in love with ChatGPT now? Should yes. should I be going on a date with them or you? It Reminds me of the movie. I don't know if you ever saw it. But it's called Roxanne with Steve mm-hmm. Martin. It's like an '80s uh, movie. Oh,
0: I love Steve Martin. No, it's I so. To- good so
1: yeah. it's a great movie uh, so Steve Martin um, he's this character with like he, he's got a giant nose and so he's not super yeah. attractive but he's yeah. in love with Daryl Hannah and um, he, but he's like super good with words and then he there's this guy uh, who, who plays slider I think in the movie Top Gun it's like real buff rip guy yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Handsome or whatever and so Steve Martin's like giving slider whatever his character's name is in Roxanne he's giving him all the words to say like give, giving him poems and stuff yes. so he's reciting that to Daryl Hannah's character and she falls in love with him but yeah. then she realizes Steve Martin and then they fall anyway uh, but it's like okay yeah there's some elements of that like maybe i maybe i don't want you as either a spouse or an employee maybe i just want chat gpt anyway yes um I noticed this too. We were talking about this, but we, you know, we hire Google specialists and Amazon specialists. And one of the steps in the hiring process is we give them an exercise where we say, Hey, this is a a fake brand. These are some fake problems and opportunities for this brand. What would you do? And two came through my desk in pretty rapid succinction. I was like, this is chat GPT, right? (laughs) You You look at the answers to those questions. And it's like, every answer was three paragraphs. Every answer was like, First paragraph was firstly, you know this, secondly, thirdly. And we're using words like we'd have to rectify this. I'm like, yeah, no way. There's no way this person wrote that. Uh, and so then I didn't want to read the rest of it. I was, I was like angry, you know? Yes. But if someone had like put their own personality into it and they needed help with a specific sentence or like a specific thing, that I'm okay with. Um, I even had, even had someone on our team who was like, I'm having trouble like articulating this thing. So I, I, I had ChatGPT help me and I didn't want to read it. I was like, is this you? Right. Is this the machine? Like what, anyway. So it definitely creates some conundrums for sure.
0: Yeah, I don't it's it's so interesting because I feel like it gets to such a core part of the human experience. Yeah. Where we say we care about outcomes and we index on outcomes rightfully so, but there's also a certain aspect of the paths you take to get to that outcome really matter. And so it's 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 just such a fascinating uh for me because I I can't I don't know the answer like right if, right if, Delight in making my partner super happy is really what I'm indexed on. Then, like, why wouldn't I? Like, for right. example, I did um, uh, 30 days in Europe, like a big vision quest in Europe, and I used 90 percent, 90 to 95 percent of ChatGPT to plan that whole trip for me. Where I said, "Hey, mm, I am leaving awesome? from yeah. Austin, Texas, on X date. I want to be back on Y date. I care about history. I care about culture, food, uh, nice hotels, etc." You, you know, you put in all your parameters and stuff, and I want to. I want you to make me the easiest, uh, most efficient pathway. And it basically made me this beautiful loop across Europe that would have taken me forever. And then you can also kind of have these, uh, kind of knock on effects of like, okay, cool. And then by city, I was like, what are the best hotels? What's the best areas? What are the best restaurants? What are photographic spots I should go see? What are, you know, points of interest, blah, blah, blah. And you get all this and it's, um, man, it's, it's incredibly, incredibly compelling. And so I think the only big worry I have is there. Is a huge opportunity for like manipulative arbitrage. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that is something that is a little bit um, societally scary for me where um, you can get people that have usually needed to acquire X or Y or Z skills that have been previously constrained by time. Where yeah. it's like it, you, you just had to put in the time to get these skills and now you can get to kind of like a matrix level where like now I know Irish junk boxing and jujitsu and stuff. So that's that's the only thing that in but at the end of the day, I don't know, there's the only thing you can do is be a good person and hopefully you can, totally. you know, put the good karma in the balance of uh beating out the bad karma. But that that yeah. is one thing that worries me a little bit where you're seeing some crazy scamming stuff, especially with kind of like older people where they're they're able to kind of uh spoof uh, uh, the voices yeah, of their—that's yeah. yeah. that's terrible, man. Like, still sure, old people sure. and stuff. Like, that's it's horrible. But again, like, it's it, technology more or less is you know agnostic, where it's just right. it's amoral. Like, you yeah, can take a totally. framing hammer and build a house, or you can you know hurt somebody with it.
1: Yeah, and I, and I do think we'll figure it out. And, and hey, maybe uh, like a quick takeaway that just kind of came out of this discussion is is use AI, but don't be Nickelback with AI, right? Like, <laughs> use use AI to like be authentic, to bring out your authentic self. To <laughs> Just enhance multiply. your work. Multiply, yeah, to make your work better. Yeah. Don't use AI just to do the work for you, because so then amazing. you're going to be, you know, the Nickelback in your industry, and no, nobody wants that. And so. But, yeah, so, but. <laughs> because I think I think That's this exactly. works right. Like, if you you know use physical products, like, would my wife want me to go make her a purse or go yeah. make her a ring, yeah. or just wants me to buy one? Just wants me to buy yeah. one, right? Uh, I'm actually good with words. I like words, and so I, I would want to write her something. But yeah. but if she found out that man, I was stuck with this thing, and so I had AI kind of help me, she'd probably be okay with it, right? So it's like yeah. we'll, we'll figure this out as we go. But but if we're just using AI to multiply and bring out our authentic self, and I think then I think we're moving yeah. on the right path. So yeah. interesting yeah. stuff. Appreciate you bringing your perspective. Love talking about AI. Um, Any any final thoughts on that? Because otherwise I want to transfer to uh, the shopper journey.
0: No, I will just say though, um, again, not to beat a dead horse, but the people that are not embracing AI and finding ways to integrate it into their workflows will get replaced by people that do. Because what you're finding is really smart people can use AI. So like, for example, going back to that consulting analogy, like creating that annual plan used to be a huge list. Monument. And now, if you're a charismatic, awesome person and you can. At, deploy this. You can sit across three to five clients, especially if there's not even any executional work. Where and it's not like you're you're you're, you're misrepresenting anything because, right. like you said, if you're if you're just having this multiplicative function, and now I can build out this whole annual plan, nuance it to the client, yada yada yada. Now you're really uh, again augmenting your output in ways that it, it's pretty transformative. Because it, Brett, I, I also fancy myself a little bit of a wordsmith, and yeah, every time I put it in AI, it it's better. <laughs> it, it, it never goes zero to one. Like I can't ever say, write me this article and it's, it's better than what I wrote. Right. But I can take a 90 to 95% done essay and put it into AI and every time it's beat me, it's which better. is it's uh, is a little yeah. scary. It's a little
1: scary. Yeah. It, it is, but but that's that's a really good way to put it. So awesome. So I totally agree. Like you gotta be using AI, experiment with it. You'll get better over time. You'll figure it out over time. Yep. So you just gotta dive in. Let's talk about customer journey because this is something that we're we're both passionate about. I'm more on the ad side, you're kind of on the, the, the customer experience side. But um, you know, where where do you think uh as an industry, the D 2 C world uh is missing the boat? Like where where are we failing our customers and our shoppers with the shopper journey? I know you kind of laid out three things, you know, the, the ad the post-click experience and the offer. But 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 any, any specifics there on, on where are we failing?
0: Yeah, I, I wouldn't say necessarily failing, but I think as stores get larger, you want to become more sophisticated in your offerings. Um, and so being able to offer that, uh, again, create a more cohesive customer journey, I think net-net is just going to be a better experience and generate more, not only value for the consumer, but also, you know, business impact, whether that be revenue, um, more retention, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And so I think it's... It's almost like corduroy, right? Like what's old is new again. And so you're you're seeing that, um, I don't want to use the P word like personalization. I, I'm not super into like the quote unquote personalization. I like to use the C word more of like customization of like, okay, we can use these data sets to then make a more customized journey that's going to allow for people to not only service the products they want, but by doing that, by merchandising better, by putting the, the messaging in a way that's meaningful to them at their part at, at their specific place in that journey, um, you're just going to get better results, and so I think what you're going to see, or at least that's the thesis at at firmat and personally, my thesis is you're going to see these bigger stores abstract away kind of the, the main Shopify site. And so the way I've been explaining it to people is almost uh, like a, a solar system where you have Earth, Earth being your Shopify store, your sales commerce store, what have you. You have a ton of returning revenue. You have a ton of brand equity. You don't want to mess with any of that. And now you can build these constellation sites around Earth when people want to go explore because what we were talking about where the I kind of bifurcate the customers into uh, connoisseurs and explorers and a connoisseur, is I know I, I know my local pub. I know where what the drink I like. I know the seat I like. I, kn- I I know where the jukebox is and the music on the jukebox. Just get out of my way and let me give you money, which is great. But then you also have this explorer mindset, which is more of like the growth and retention teams, re engagement teams, and this this is more of like a, a tourist or a traveler. I just landed in Vienna or Budapest yeah, or
1: Prague. Yeah. T- to, tell, tell me about the neighborhood. Tell me about the bar. Tell me about this drink. Tell me what what should I listen to on the jukebox? Like like guide me. I want the experience. Yeah,
0: precisely. And so. F- For the most part, these bigger stores are essentially handcuffed to um, either a PDP, um, a lander that takes forever to get built, um, or a homepage. And I think you're going to see some unshackling of that where there's going to be some more sophistication, especially, again, like when you, you overlay AI where... One of the things that we're really interested in um, for kind of like a Q3, Q4 launch is being able to ingest whether it's Klaviyo data or what have you and be able to not send everybody to the same page where you can actually get the almost like an Amazon homepage experience where everybody's Amazon homepage is different or the Facebook feed, like everybody's Facebook feed is totally customized to them. And so I think that's where it can get really interesting where you can start to ingest all this data. Then you refine it. This customer, we want to either get more LTV out of this customer or more AOV out of of this customer, or we want them to get down this certain product path. How can we get them down that path? And you can have this more, um, I guess, set a different way. Uh, I think we're going to transition from broadsword to scalpel, and you're still going to have your broadsword. Don't get me totally, wrong, but totally like,
1: useful tool, never get away from it. Yeah.
0: Exactly, it's heavy to swing, and it, it's very uh, crude, right? Like you're just taking these big hacks. Where this scalpel, I can start to have these really precise surgeries to then unlock. This customer value that I can then materialize in the business.
1: Love that, and and so uh, and, and the analogy of the the regular at the pub versus the tourist is such, such a good mental picture. But we have that all the time with new shoppers versus returning shoppers to to our stores. And so, uh, Vermont's helping kind of solve that. Can you can you give some some use cases, some examples? And I know we can't talk about specific brands and things like that because we want to keep keep a close guard on what they're doing. But uh, w- walk us through a couple use cases that will bring this to life a little bit.
0: Yeah, definitely. So uh, a few of them. One are kind of the the High SKU set, but also high segmentation kind of stores. So think of like uh, like ball caps or um, jack, or like a, a big clothing retail that are have men, women, kids, things of that nature. And so being able to segment and filter that merchandising and that SKU set to the actual people. So you don't get the kind of department store vibe. You get more of this concierge feel of like, oh, Brett, I know you're this size. I know you like these colors and I know you like these cuts. Here's the merchandise that we can show for you. So almost that concierge curation, um, shop that look kind of style. Um, we also have uh, really cool, we have a, a bunch of beauty brands that are really heavily leveraging quizzes, which isn't anything super, super new, but it's just really nice to, again, have that filtration function where you can start to have that uh, self-merchandising in a way. Right. And then um, a lot of uh, subscription. So being able to do things to push first order subscriptions, which is super holy grail. I don't even buy no doubt first order subscriptions. And so that's something where being able to give that testing velocity, because we not only have the experiences, but we have experiments as well where you can test these different experiences uh, against whether it's an avitorial a quiz, a video shop, um, a, a, a hero shop, things of that nature. And so um, we've seen a, a ton of just really awesome stuff and really in supplements um, and apparel have been our, our biggest really uh, home run hitting vectors. And then we're starting to expand out um, into other areas like, uh, um, uh, geez, uh, not health and beauty, uh, subs, health and beauty apparel. And I'm spacing on the other categories that we're penetrating, but yeah. So I mean, ultimately, either high skew set or the ability to um, unshackle your growth team from the actual main Shopify site are really the big, big value vectors um, that we are uh, currently pounding down. And then obviously um, the experimentation vector, where being able to test whether it's uh, shipping thresholds, offers, et cetera, et cetera, at a yeah. um, not only low lift in terms of expense to the company, um, but also the the high velocity as well.
1: Yeah, but protect, and protecting the, the core side. Oh, of the that's really a,
0: it, so. 100%. Yeah, that's yeah. The, yeah. The, the main thing, de-risking. You don't want to touch any of the brand
1: equity and or returning revenue. For sure. So uh, I love that concierge uh, angle and that kind of that picture there. So in that environment, so it's a, so it's a high skew count apparel uh, brand. So I, I come in, I land on one of these satellite uh, sites rather than on the, the core Shopify or Big Commerce or whatever site. And yep. So then I'm kind of led through a quiz where they find out my size and my preferences and things yep. like that. And then now it's a curated shopping experience. Is that is that sort of how that goes? Exactly.
0: So that's one pathway. The other thing is being able to use your past purchases to then generate um, that shop or or um, whether it's a Clavio SMS, what have you. So almost like merge tags on steroids, but instead of merge tags, you're actually using the merge to identify different types of merchandising that's gonna be ideal for almost like dynamic product ads in a in a way where how they merchandise that ad inventory for you. Um, that's what we're trying to do on the back end for a lot of these, especially again, that high skew count. And then there's also just the self um, kind of selection where the media buyer has X or Y or Z in the actual creative, and then and being able to show those products on the post-click experience. And then the tertiary thing is um, influencers. So you have the influencer ad, and then the influencer now has this dedicated lander with their face, their recommendations, etc. Again, you see the macro the macro concept of coherence, right? Where I see this yeah. influencer, but then I don't see him on the page. What? That's right. weird. Or I see this product and purse on the page or handbag on the page, but now I'm on the homepage and all of this is showing me is jackets or something. And right. so that disjointed journey, I think, is going to uh, go away as people get more and more sophisticated. Because before it was just hard. Like You either had to either spin up a landing page, which again, if you're a smart Smaller store, it's not a big deal. But as you, as you get these bigger stores, like again, nobody's allowed to touch the Shopify site, or it takes two or three weeks because right. you're on Salesforce Commerce or something. And you know, nothing against Salesforce Commerce, tons of big people on there, but it's 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 not configurable by any stretch right. of the imagination. Right. Like you're you're sending you're submitting a sprint ticket or something, like can you change this color or this headline? And it's like that's it's 2024. Like you can't have your growth teams operating in a in a way that is um, your website almost has hours type of thing.
1: Super interesting. Yeah, I'm excited to continue to see use cases and see this work because it sounds like this is great for the first-time shopper to really help give them uh, a customized experience. Yeah. It's it's great for different ad experiences and influencers. So there is that cohesion. And you know, when I click on this ad and I, I land on the page, I feel like I'm in the right place. Exactly. Really makes so well sense. Put. I feel like hey, this was designed for me, so that's great. But then it also sounds like then you can, you know, returning customers could be like the pub visitor that's like, hey, get out of my way. I just I know where I'm going, so I'll just use the main site or you could configure something custom for them too, where it's like, hey, I'm clicking on this this clavio link and now I'm going to my little shop almost It's built for me, configured for me. Exactly. Uh, so
0: that, that that's the that's the big thesis. I mean that was the pitch that got me to come where we want to be that connected tissue between um the the content and the commerce. And then what gets really exciting is because right now we're really up market, but um the kind of expansion plans for the TAM is essentially going down market where um we can almost play in that like ClickFunnels area where you're selling an cool. info product or something where you just don't need can to kill a mosquito, right? I don't need this huge website. I just want landers that I can send people to. I hook up my Stripe account, blah, blah, blah. And so now we have this nice kind of barbell
1: effect where we're eating the, eating the market from both sides. It's really cool, man. Really cool. Excited to watch the journey and the progress unfold. So people are listening to this. and' like, I got to check this out. Got to find out more. Where can they go to learn more?
0: Yeah. Just firmatcommerce.com. F-E-R-M-A-T commerce.com. And then uh, book a demo on there or just ping me on the Twitters. If you have any questions, uh, me, Rashab and Shreyas, I'm the two co-founders. Uh, super, super active on social. So you'll you'll see us out in the streets.
1: And I'll link to your uh, Twitter profile in the show notes. But, but for those that are, you know, uh, listening on the go, they just want to check it out. What, what is your, what's your handle?
0: Yeah, it's just my uh, first and last name. So at Robert Rahill, R-A-B-A-H, R-A-H-I-L. Um, yeah, just hit me up. At me, um, send me a DM if you feel like riding the lightning. Chances of you getting a response are very, very low. But I try and I try and respond. <laughs> let me let me rephrase that. The okay. chances of you getting a timely response are very low. But I try and uh, I'm actually going through right now a batch uh, batch reply. So I I appreciate all the love. I just uh, you're a popular is,
1: guy, man. People are hitting you up on on the social. It's a jungle. So,
0: my my DMs and slacks uh, and not no, or DMs no and doubt. emails. Not 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 uh, um, my strong seat. I need some AI there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> got to be, got to be something there. So, so check him out on the socials. Reach out uh, on the website for the demo. But, Raba, super fun man. Uh, I think a you've earned round three. Whenever that, whenever that, is, uh, Whenever that makes sense. So, and then I got to
0: uh, do the shameless plug. Uh, we just yeah. started uh, Equation of Excellence, so you you have to come on now. This is this is the uh, yes, the arm the new twisting. pod, and it's it's yeah.
1: Equation of Excellence. Yes. So Dude, everything will be kind title. of math
0: puns uh, because of our the the company was. Uh, named after uh, a super famous mathematician.
1: So you know how I like my funds. <laughs> I'm not sure that super famous and mathematician go together. Like yeah, su- super fun. famous in the math world. But anyway, fair I fun. actually I actually love math too. So Equation of Excellence, I'm there, man. Just let me know when. But uh, yeah, brother, appreciate it. Uh, you killed it. And I uh, can't wait to see what's uh, what's next for you.
0: You're the best, Brett. You are uh, just not only one of the best humans, but incredible host. And I need to work on my sultry radio voice. I feel, I feel <laughs> Dude, you you, your voice. whatever yeah. you're don't doing me. over there. I need the secrets, man. You that. sounding good? What's a little that? NPR voice over there, <laughs> killing NPR.
1: it. Hopefully, not putting people to sleep. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's good. So, hey, man, we covered a wide range of topics from AI to Nickelback to '80s, you know, <laughs> pop culture, movies, and stuff like this. This was super good. So
0: even snuck in a
1: Millie Vanilli reference. Millie I mean, Vanilli, on, man, that, that was the first on the Go show on. and i'm so excited so awesome rob thanks man looking forward to next time you're the best Brett. thanks so much brother absolutely and as always thank you for tuning in we love to hear your feedback on the show love that review on itunes or wherever you listen and with that until next time thank you for listening